Welcome to the Yogi Fuel Podcast, the podcast that's all about up-leveling your health, your practice, and your consciousness. We'll be taking the ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science, having conscious conversations with spiritual thought leaders and alternative health professionals, and sometimes just me sharing my own experiences and knowledge to support you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Melissa Singh, and this is the Yogi Fuel Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. So this week I wanted to talk about something a little bit more, I don't know if the word is serious, but um, it's something that I've been asked about a lot. And I want to talk about how we stick with our routines and how we maintain you know, a healthy lifestyle, quote unquote, healthy lifestyle, how we continue our practices in the middle of a big life change. So maybe that's, you know, like you yourself experience an illness, someone you love experiences an illness, there's a death in the family. Maybe you have, you know, like a divorce or just something really that kind of shakes you, right? That shakes up your life. How do we, how do we handle that? And how do we stick to our habits in the midst of that? So this is kind of a tricky question because the thing about Ayurveda is that Ayurveda is not the practice of perfection, right? It's not that living a quote unquote Ayurvedic lifestyle means that we have this, you know, checklist of these specific things that we do every day. And that we, you know, once we tick off all those boxes, okay, here we are having lived an Ayurvedic lifestyle. Ayurveda is the science. It's the study. It's the knowledge and the wisdom of life. And really it's about creating balance and aligning ourselves with what's happening within and without, right? It's about creating balance with our external environment, whether that's the weather, whether that's our external circumstances, so something big and challenging happening, or maybe something you know wonderful happening, whatever it is, Ayurveda is that science, is that study and the practice of creating balance with what is going on around us. And so it's really important to understand and keep it simple. Ayurveda is not complicated. Ayurveda is actually very simple. And so before I give you like my tips on what you can do to, you know, deal with trauma or big shifts as they happen is to really look at and give a language to what is happening when we go through a big shift in our life. Like what are the first thing you can do really is tune into what are the qualities of that shift, right? This is the the secret sauce of Ayurveda. And I've probably talked about this a lot is that like increases like and opposites balance. Okay. So we can really create balance and harmony and ease if we apply this really simple principle to our lives in every, in every situation, right? And, and every trauma, every, you know, life change or shift or whatever is going to have different qualities to it. So I can't really be like in every single big life change, do this one thing and it's going to create balance. Like I I can't say that to you. So the first thing you want to do is tune into like what's going on right? What are the qualities of this big shift? And one of the sort of big ones that we can see off the bat is anytime something changes, that has the qualities of vata dosha. Vata dosha is the dosha of movement, right? Associated with air and ether, these feelings of ungroundedness of moving. And so anytime anything changes, we sort of shift into a vata type energy and a vata type space. And so you might notice in the midst of these big life changes, you start to experience a vata imbalance. 
and you might start to experience symptoms like anxiety, fear. You might be overthinking, feeling uncertain. You might actually literally feel like the ground beneath you has been ripped from underneath you. So what's really important to understand is that either consciously or subconsciously, our physical being is trying desperately to create balance. So whenever something big happens and something changes, our body, our energy is trying to put roots down, right? It's trying to ground. And so a lot of people, when they experience, you know, a big shift in their life, a trauma, a divorce, you know, they end a relationship with someone, someone they love gets ill or they pass away. Maybe we start to feel really tired and lethargic and unmotivated. We feel really deeply sad and we start to feel depressed. And these things are super valid right? And this happens often. And it's important that we understand that what's happening on an energetic level is a, is a kapha imbalance, right? It's like our body kapha is like the the opposite, basically of vata dosha, right? It's got the opposite qualities. It's heavy, it's grounding. So when a big shift happens, our being is trying to create balance and it does that by implementing or by incorporating qualities of an opposite nature, And so when it does that really quickly, and if it happens unconsciously, we may find ourselves slipping into a kapha space where we're unmotivated. We don't want to do anything. We feel heavy. And sometimes those feelings of heaviness can create like a sense of guilt. Like, oh, like, why am I feeling this way? You know, like I have to be strong for my partner, et cetera. But here I am feeling lethargic and unmotivated. I have to be strong for my family. I have to be strong for myself. It's important that we give ourselves a level of permission and we start to cultivate that awareness that what's happening is very simply your body trying to restore balance and harmony. It's literally your being implementing kapha-like qualities and elements to ground inside of this big shift, whatever it is that's happened. And so this is going to happen on like um, an energetic level. Like we're going to feel energetically like heavy, tired, lethargic, unmotivated, but we might experience weight gain. And this is a huge thing that I see from people when they go through a big shift or a big change and they, you know, they start to pack on the weight, so to speak, maybe not even a lot of weight, maybe 10 pounds or 20 pounds or whatever it is. And it's important to understand that this is another way that the body grounds and creates balance. It's like our body literally creates this cocoon around itself so maybe it doesn't get hurt, right? So it's got that extra sort of nourishment, right? Because also big shifts or traumas in our life are, they drain our energy and energy is fluid, right? It's multidimensional. It's not just, you know, on our subtle body or in our physical body, it flows through all of them. And so sometimes again, what our being does is it is it creates a higher level of nourishment in the physical body so that it has something to pull energy resources from to successfully um, work through whatever trauma is happening. And so while some people experience you know, trauma or shift, they shift into sort of like a more kapha space, some people might shift into a more pitta imbalance, right? Where we've got more heat. We have this experience of anger and denial and frustration and irritability, Or, you know, we shift into a really crazy sort of vata space where we just like are so ungrounded. We feel all over the place. We just, we like, we don't know what to do. And that's sort of where we stay. I mean, it's important to understand that we all experience these things differently. Okay. So again, like I said before, I can't really give you like, here's this magic pill. Here's this one thing that you can do. 
Um, it's important to really dive in and understand the qualities that are showing up for you inside of your, this big life change or whatever sort of trauma or shift it is that you're experiencing. And it's also important to understand that these qualities will shift and they will change from day to day, from hour to hour, maybe from minute to minute, just like depending what's going on, you're constantly, you're dynamic. You are not a static being. And from big shift to big shift, you may notice the way that your body responds, the way that your being responds, the way that you respond shifts and changes. So this is why it's so important to understand like Ayurveda is not this like one time, you know, take this one thing and you're going to be cured. Like Ayurveda is the practice of life, right? It's practicing how to create balance in your physical body with whatever is going on around you. And so the first and most important thing that you can do for yourself each day, if you are going through something that has shaken the ground that you walk on is to tune in every day for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever you have, get present to whatever physical, emotional, mental, you know, emotions, feelings, or sensations are coming up in your body and in your mind, get present, tune into your body what is going on. And you can choose to write these down. Like maybe you busted a journal and you start writing down every morning and every evening. How do I feel? What are the qualities that are present in my life right now? If you feel heavy, you start implementing more light qualities. If you feel really anxious and ungrounded, you start by implementing more grounded qualities. So it's so important that the first thing we do is we get clear, we gain awareness because awareness is the ticket to freedom. Because once we are aware of what is going on, the, the next step, which is very simple, is to take action that's in alignment with how we want to feel. And Ayurveda is very clear. It's very simple. It's very simple. Once we are aware of what's happening within us and going on around us, the, the steps to create balance are simple. But what a lot of us don't realize is that we don't necessarily know how to pay attention. We don't know how to tune in. So you got to practice that daily practice, tuning in to your body, to your mind, maybe through an asana practice, maybe through a meditation with a, you know, a journaling exercise after, but you got to tune in every day. The next thing I want to talk about is creating routine and rhythm without attachment. So if we go through some sort of trauma or big life shift and, you know, everything feels like it's like, <laughs> you know, your whole life feels like it's, you know, been turned upside down routine and rhythm and ritual can be very important because it gives us some sort of um, consistency and stability in an otherwise sort of chaotic environment and space. But it is very important that we are not overly attached to that rhythm and routine because whenever we're going through something, you know, and our life is shifting, we need to be, it's like, we need to be disciplined and not attached and also adaptable. This, this is the key. And this is also an, a huge thing in Ayurveda. It's like, can we be adaptable? Can we tune into the ever changing, ever flowing, you know, ebbs and flows of our being and each day, can we respond to those shifts with ease and with grace? And one of the things I always say to my clients, I look at the, whenever I feel like uncertain about what to do. So I'm a mom I'm an Ashtanga practitioner and even being a mom is something that really shakes you. <laughs> Because all of a sudden, you know, you go from being this person who is their own person to being the person who is responsible for another person's life. Whoa. And you're sort of at the mercy often of this other person. And so whether it's you being a mom or whether it's, you know, someone that you love gets really ill or someone that you love passes away or you're going through a divorce or whatever the big shift is, 
it's very easy to um, get caught up in dogma around feeling like you need to do these routines every single day or you are bad and your life is going to go for a trip. So I always bring it back to the Yama Satya, which is my daughter's name. Yay. Truthfulness. And this is where practice is. Sorry, I feel like I'm going all over the place, but this is where the practice of um, awareness is so important to help us discern between, okay, when am I when am I being lazy about my routines? Like when am I using my life circumstances as an excuse to not show up for myself versus when do I legitimately have things that are going on in my life that need to take precedence over my, you know, rituals and routines. You know what I'm saying? And it's a hard one and it's a fine line and I don't have the answer for you, but this is where I always come back to awareness, self-awareness, know yourself you know, cultivate, you know, hopefully, um, you have a level of awareness where you can tap in and know deeply for yourself when you're being, you know, when you're making excuses and when you're being honest and when you're just, you know, fulfilling your duties in this life. So while I think that having discipline and routine is so important and will absolutely help to ground you, it's also important that you have that self-awareness where you can discern between you, um, copping out on yourself and you prioritizing yourself because it's very easy, right? Inside of motherhood, inside of, you know, for the primary caregiver, for someone who's become very ill, it's very easy to get caught up in that role. And it's so important as a mother, as a caregiver, as, you know, whatever your title is, that you take time and space for yourself and that you fill your cup before you, so that you can overflow and support the people around you because you're actually not going to be helpful and useful to someone if you're completely burnt out. So what you need to do is learn how to cultivate that awareness and the discernment for yourself. And that comes over time through practices like Ashtanga, any sort of, you know, yoga asana, any daily practice, it could be meditation or pranayama, but something that you do every day that demands that you go inward. That is what is going to be that sort of first step in cultivating that level of awareness. And it's important to note that when I talk about routine and ritual as well, it doesn't have to be these crazy demanding routines, right? It doesn't even have to be a quote unquote healthy routine. Anything that is consistent is going to ground you, right? And inside of, you know, a big shift in your life now might not be the time to super push yourself. (laughs) Um, And again, this comes with a level of awareness, right? You don't want to cop out on your own personal development. If you do, you know, an Ashtanga yoga practice, if something really big has happened for a week or so, like you might want to tell your teacher be like, Hey, this like really big thing is happening. I think I need to take it easy. And that's probably fine. Talk to your teacher. You you didn't hear from me, (laughs) but now is the time to commit to showing up for yourself every day in whatever amount that looks like. So whether that's five or 10 minutes, whether you can carve out an hour or two, do the work to show up daily for yourself in a way that feels really nourishing and supportive for where you're at, which sort of brings me to my next tip, which is that you may need to redefine your practices because when something big happens in your life and there's a big shift, things change and your practices might need to change along with it. And so again, I'm going to use the example of motherhood because this is the most sort of um, recent change in my own life, but this will go for you no matter what it is that you're dealing with, no matter what change. So for me, um, when I became a mom, I was really used to going to my yoga studio to practice. 
And I was also used to having like a seated silent meditation practice. I was also used to getting up in the morning, having a quiet morning and doing things at my own time, right? I would have my morning routine. I'd sit my water. I'd make my coffee or my elixir. I'd sit quietly. Then I'd go to my practice and I'd meditate for like however long I wanted before bed. And then I had a baby. (laughs) And if you have a baby, y'all know that ain't happening no more. Okay. That is not happening anymore. I do not have, actually some days I do wake up and it's like peaceful and calm, but like Nine times out of 10, I try and like wake up at like five o'clock and then like literally 20 minutes later, Sats wakes up and I'm like annoyed because I just got up early. (sighs) Anyway, so maybe what your practice once looked like isn't accessible to you anymore. So maybe you need to redefine what that looks like. So when I was a new mom, I wanted so desperately to just like meditate. Like I just wanted to sit and be, you know, in peace and quiet, but I didn't really have that option, (laughs) right? We, our circumstances are very different from some people. We don't have like a lot of family support around. Um, So we didn't have a lot of help with that, especially in the beginning. And so I really had to redefine what my meditation practice and what my yoga practice was going to look like, because there were just straight up some days that I wasn't going to have the time to commit to my practices in the way that I used to. And so in terms of like meditation, what I used to do, a little hot tip for anyone who's a mom who's like listening to this, I used to uh, baby wear sats and I would do like a walking meditation. I would do mindful walking. I would walk around my room, you know, whether it was like in the living room, going up and down the halls, and I would be really intentional, focus on my breath and just be present as I walked with my baby. And sometimes she would fall asleep, which was a bonus. And in terms of my yoga practice, like there were days that I couldn't do the whole thing and I had to back off and I had to come home and, you know, breastfeed my daughter. There was actually one morning I got up really early. I think I got up at five and we live really close to AYCT. Like we actually live, uh, you can see AYCT from our house. For those of you who don't know what AYCT is, AYCT is the Ashtanga Yoga Center of Toronto, where we do our Ashtanga practice. And so anyways, we live like a two minute walk five minute walk. However, we live really close. And uh, so one morning I go and I practice and this is Sats is like not even three months old yet, still like exclusively breastfed. And, um, it's not even 6am and all of a sudden, and it's pretty quiet at AYCT in the morning. And all of a sudden you just hear this like wailing cry of a baby. And it was so early that there was no one at the front desk to answer the phone. So Vikram ran over with sats because she was hungry and we didn't have any breast milk. <laughs> so he ran over and in the middle of my practice, I got up, I went outside, I went into the, whatever, the treatment room, I breastfed her, he hung out with her until I finished my practice. And then I can, you know, we continued on our life, but for a long time. And even now, you know, like my practice isn't necessarily this continuous, you know, stream and flow of like beauty and whatever. It's like, yeah, sometimes I have to actually get up for my practice. If I'm practicing with sats, I'll have to get up and I'll have to do mom things and come back to my practice. And sometimes I'm able to get the full time for my practice and myself. And I've really had to learn that, you know what, even moving and flowing with my breath while she's around is better than nothing. And it keeps me present and it connects me. And I've had to let go of these ideals and expectations that, you know, my practice is going to look this one way. And I've really had to not feel guilt or or shame or any, or like I'm a bad yogi or like I'm a bad ashtangi because I can't. I can't necessarily do it every day. And I've learned to cultivate that level, like I said earlier, that level of discernment, right? I've learned to cultivate satya for myself around when am I, when am I just actually not making the time and when is it legit? 
And when do I have to, you know, it's like we have to balance. Yes, we should prioritize our practice and we should be disciplined and we should show up every day. But we don't necessarily have to put this undue pressure on ourselves that it has to look a particular way. Um, and I feel like I'm getting off the topic and I'm really like going into like a shtanga and I didn't mean for that to be what this is about, but I'm going there because I think it's important and it's something I've sort of recognized within myself. But I do think that there's this idea that we need to show up every day at hundred percent. And what's so interesting to know is that what 100% for us looks like on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday is a little different. We want to show up and we want to give a hundred percent of, of where we're at that day. Right. And the metric is going to kind of shift. And so that's something I've really learned as a mother is that like, you know what, some days you get one hour of sleep and some days I'm able to like crush out my whole practice, even on one hour of sleep. And some days I can't. And that's where that, again, that like discernment comes in is like, okay, can we cultivate enough awareness and like trust in ourselves that we know that we're going to show up every day. We're going to give it our all, but what shows up is, is hundred percent of what we're able to give on that day. And so that's something I've had to learn to, to be okay with. Because I, I'm very pitta <laughs> and um, I'm very like all or nothing. And that is something that this practice has really beat out of me because you can totally go in there, you know, especially as a mom and you can try and show up and, and, you know, be 110% every day and meet this, you know, ideal that you think that you should be every single day. And what I noticed was that I burned out real fucking fast. It was not sustainable for me. And so inside of this shift of motherhood, I've really had to honor my limitations and my boundaries while also being steady and consistent. And it's a, it's a work in progress. Like I'm not perfect. Like I mispractice some days, you know, I'm sure some days I slip into old patterns of being lazy, old patterns of trying to, you know, go too hard. (laughs) I'm sure I still do all of those things, but it's important to understand that, you know, again, whether it's motherhood, whether it's, you know, some, some other big shift has happened in your life. This is a practice like that. This is what the practice is about is cultivating that level of self-awareness because that is going to shift into how you show up in all the other areas of your life. So my next tip is for you to really embrace your emotions and to feel whatever it is that you need to feel, because it's very important to understand that all emotions can and do coexist. And, you know, we were here to experience life in all of its messy glory. John Kabat-Zinn refers to it as the full catastrophe. So we were here to experience life in its full catastrophe and sadness and anger and grief are just as much of this human experience as happiness and joy and excitement. So any big life change like motherhood or any trauma or loss, they often come with these, you know, kind of challenging emotions. Like I said earlier, like grief or sadness or anger or frustration And I think sometimes we underestimate the opportunity that exists in those difficult emotions, right? Because I'm a huge believer that this whole life is an opportunity for practice. And yoga is defined as yoga Yoga is the stilling of the fluctuations of the mind, right? It's about learning how to observe the fluctuations of the mind and still them. And we can't really learn to still the mind if the mind is like not is already still. (laughs) So if we're always only experiencing these like really easy, like fluffy, happy emotions, there's going to be nothing to really work with, right? We're not really going to have anything to challenge us. And so when we can learn to observe our feelings and emotions with equanimity and practice non-attachment to those positive emotions and actually welcome in those negative emotions, 
we can start to make progress in our spiritual practice and we can start to observe the emotions that we label good and bad. And then hopefully over time, we start to honor and welcome and acknowledge all of the emotions as a very important part of our experience here as human beings. And the last thing I wanted to touch on, which I think is so important, is how do we approach our diet and our nutrition inside of a huge shift in our lives? And I'm just going to echo something I said earlier, which is really navigating that fine line between discipline and ease and really tuning in and asking yourself where you're at and what is, I think the best thing that you can do in a time like this is ask yourself, what do I need? Your body is incredibly intelligent. Your body knows exactly what it needs. And so learning to tune in, like I had said previously, is so important because your body is going to know exactly what it is that it wants and needs. And if we think about it, whenever we go through something that can be really traumatic or sad, we crave sweet things, right? And sweet is one of the main tastes that pacifies vata dosha. And so we see that in these, you know, big, you know, times of big change, we crave vata pacifying things. So while I want to sit here and say, you know, favor vata pacifying foods, like favor warming, grounding, nourishing, hearty foods, I also want you to exercise a level of ease. And, and this, like, this is not the time for you to be super disciplined, you know, and doing like a big cleanse or something like this is the time where you actually want to experience a little bit more simplicity and ease. And you don't want to put a ton of pressure on yourself to be perfect. Here's where we, you know, you want to take that inner wisdom and you really want to honor it and your body. Generally speaking, if you're, if you're relatively, um, if, if you're listening to this, you're probably fairly conscious. So you're, you're probably at a point where if you tune into your body, it's going to tell you what it needs. And having that level of discernment through, you know, consistent practice is again, very important because it's going to help you to discern between when your body's like being a trickster, right? Or when certain things are coming from ego or when they're coming from a place of truth and what's going to be for your highest good. So just to summarize what I, what I want to say in terms of food is yes, favor of Vata pacifying, you know, really grounding, highly nourishing foods that are ideally like easy to digest things like soups, things like oatmeal, you know, warming things. I don't know, like shepherd's pie is really good. Anything that's warm and just grounding is probably going to be very helpful to you. But again, like I said, we all deal with trauma and big life shifts differently. So the biggest thing you want to do is you want to turn in, turn in, tune into those qualities and you want to start implementing opposite qualities of the opposite nature, even into your foods as well. Okay. That is all I have for you today. I hope that you found these tips helpful and supportive and, you know, whatever it is that you're going through, whether it's motherhood, whether it's, you know, the loss of someone you love, or maybe you're going through a big shift in your job, or, you know, you've just ended a relationship, whatever it is. I hope that this was helpful in, in getting you back on track and not, not even back on track, but just in alignment, right? Because there is no, there is no track <laughs> that you need to get back on. The only thing that you ever need to come back to is yourself. The only thing you ever need to recalibrate back to is your self and your, I don't want to say your path, your track, but the, the path that's good for you is not the path that's good for Joe or Susan or Suzanne. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Susan and Suzanne. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore, but what I do know is that you are a unique individual and what's going to be supportive for you might not be supportive for everyone. And that's why it's very important that you learn to tune into your body and your mind and, and understand what it is that you need to feel grounded and aligned and supported. And so 
if, if you're dealing with something and you just need support and you just need to feel heard, feel free to send me a DM. Feel free to send me an email. You can reach me on Instagram at Yogi Fuel. You can shoot me an email to hello at melissasing.com. And just know that like, I'm always here to be a sounding board if you need, um, because we all go through stuff and it's really hard to feel alone and it's really hard to feel like we don't know what to do. And, um, and I want to create a space for you that feels safe and that feels like that you could reach out whenever you want. So I'm just, just saying you can reach out whenever you want. All right. I think that's all I have to say. And you know, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it with your friends, to give it a little rating, you know, a little comment, whatever, whatever, whatever's clever, you know? Um, and if you have any suggestions for a future episode, this episode came as a suggestion and I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I think it was a pretty good one. I hope, I think it was a pretty, I think it was a, a needed, um, I needed podcast for some people and even for myself, actually writing out, you know, sort of like the outline for this was really helpful for me to see like, wow, okay, great. Like I kind of do some of these things. I kind of don't, it was just helpful for me to sort of check in. So I'm hoping it was helpful for you as well. Okay. That's all I've got for this week. And like I said, I hope you enjoyed it and um, I'll see you next week. Bye.